0: I want to give an introduction to today's message, but I want to do so quickly because today's message, as I talked about it, it's it's being quick to... And I'm going to talk about several things that that the Lord shows us, and the Lord wants us to be quick to do. And I'm only touching on a handful. And I'm certain that... The Holy Spirit will unpack this, this to us in ways that are very specific to us. You know, one of the ways that is not on my nose to talk about, um, but being quick to pray. How often do we do we hear from somebody and say, they say, would you be praying for me? Um, you know, I, I've got this coming up or I'm going through this difficulty. Would you pray for me? And many times what we do is we say, yes, I, I will be praying for you. I will pray for you. In my experience, I found if I don't stop and pray right then at that moment, I am more likely to forget and not pray for those people at all. Because I get busy. I get distracted. I get sidetracked. I lose focus. I forget. So what I like to do is say, I'm going to pray right now and I will continue praying and I will pray right then and there. If I get a text, I read it and I stop what I'm doing because it takes a whole of what, 30 seconds? And I'll stop and I'll pray right then and then I'll respond and say, I'm praying. How often do we do that even in this place? You know, someone shares something with us. Hey, how are you doing? Oh, not so good. You know, and then they share something, right? We're to be quick to encourage, pray, hold, embrace, love, These are things that aren't even part of my notes today. James 119 through20 says this: "Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God." That's an interesting phrase to me. That's an interesting set of scripture. It, if I look at this at face value, I, I probably can walk away pretty confused pretty easily because it, it says some things. Um, be quick to hear. What, what is quick to hear? I think of my dog Stella. Okay, I've got a little murky, and there's times she'll hear things I don't hear. And she'll just be laying there, and I'll be spoiling her and petting her, and she'll perk up and look. And I'm like, oh, that's quick to hear. You know, she's looking around. Or uh, John Belushi, there's a scene where he's like in an old movie, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he's <laughs> demonstrating being quick to hear. But then it says, be slow to speak. Is it so God's saying he doesn't want us to speak? And then he's saying, slow to anger. It's like, well, that's an interesting combination of of, uh, of words. So I started looking deeper into this. And I want to encourage us with this. Because I started looking into, you know, what's the Greek in this? What's the meaning of this? What's the Lord trying to convey? And I don't know why the Lord does what he does. I don't understand all of his ways. But I, I'm telling you guys this right now. And it's interesting that that uh, Andy had that word today from Matthew 7 about asking and seeking and knocking and pursuing God. God wants us to pursue Him. In fact, he says in his word that He rewards those who diligently pursue Him. He says, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and the door will be opened unto you. God wants us to pursue. It's His way. It's His rules. Okay. He gets to call the shots, but he desires a certain amount of pursuit. So even when we're reading the word, man, this isn't like literature. We're not reading, you know, little women. I mean, this is the word of God. There's supposed to be a searching, a seeking, a pursuit. So quick to hear. When I started looking up the definition of that, this is what that word here means. To gain understanding. Be quick to hear with the purpose of gaining understanding about what God wants for us. Be quick to gain understanding. So we're all relational people. We all have friendships. We all have friends and buddies and siblings and parents and spouses and coworkers and all that. And think about the times when we... We're not seeing eye to eye or there's some sort of disconnect and we just don't understand. And think about how easy it is to go, hey, um, I'm not, I'm not seeing this. Can you help me understand? C- can you help me understand? Cause I'm just, uh, I don't want to move past this or what you're saying. I- I'm not seeing, I-, I don't see it that way. Would you help me understand? And think about the power of those words. And this is what the Lord is saying right here in this. That there needs to be that sort of dialogue. Lord, would you help me to understand? I'm seeking understanding. And I'm quick to do so. I'm quick to know what the heart of God is. I'm quick to know. We should be quick to know what God wants us to do. Lord, help me understand. Do you think if we asked the Lord that question that he would respond? Of course he would. Don't be slow in seeking understanding. But we are to be slow to speak and slow to anger. And even that word speak. Okay, I'm like, Lord, what what are you saying? And this is what that definition, that Greek definition says. It says, speak to declare one's mind. Okay. Okay. So, Lord, you're saying you don't want us to declare my mind? Well, let's take it a step further and look at that definition of anger. Anger is defined as this, and that Greek definition it says is defined as the natural disposition, movement, or agitation of one's will and emotions, impulse, desire, or indignation. So this word is not just telling us to refrain from that building like the Hulk or like there was a movie, you know, where there was Captain Furious, he's like, I'm getting furious. And he would build himself up or the Hulk goes through these stages where he's, Ugh! you know, veins start popping. Then he gets a little light mint green and then turns, you know, a little darker light mint green and which would be, I guess, dark mint green. And then Kelly green. And next thing you know, he's eight foot tall and he's the Hulk. like Like Lego Hulk there. Um that's not what the Lord's saying being slow to anger what the Lord is saying is be quick to gain understanding about what I'm saying and what I'm instructing and be slow to share your indignation to share your unique wonderful perspective on it that, that you don't quite seem to, to like what I'm saying be slow to rein in, or to just let those emotions just pop out at at the sake of it clouding what I am saying. You guys, there's plenty of times the Lord says things that that we don't like. There's things, times He asks us to do things that we don't like, and what He's saying is, "Hey, would you would you be quick to understand? Would you be quick to try and gain understanding of why I'm asking this of you? And would you be?" Slow to let your emotions cloud that understanding. So if I can read that passage again, just breaking it down like I have. So this is basically James 1, 19 and 20, just broken down like that. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear God and gain understanding of what he says to do. And be slow to have a quick, impulsive or agitated emotional response of declaration. Of declaring to God your expert thoughts on the matter instead of His. For that kind of self-serving response does not produce the pleasing, acceptable character of God. At at the bottom, the bottom line of what God wants for us, he He wants His character to be manifest in our lives. He wants His integrity. To be what's being poured out in our lives. He wants us to despise sin and know the effects of sin and the death that comes through sin, the griminess of sin, the heaviness of sin, the curse of sin, as much as He does, and to walk according to what He said. So we're not walking in the yuck of that. So the first thing that we see in Scripture that we are to be quick to do, quick to hear God with the purpose of gaining understanding. With that in mind, here's the second thing that we're going to be quick to do. 1 John 1, 9 through 9-10 says if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Friends, we are to be quick to confess. It says here, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Why, why has the church just left the, the command of God to confess? Why have we just left that alone? Well, God knows what I did. Yes, He does. Because He's God. Thank you for pointing out the obvious that He is all knowing. You are correct. He knows what you've done. He knows what I've done. But He wants us to confess our sins so that the crud of sinning gets wiped clean off of us. We're in this world. We're not of this world, but we are in this world. And when we sin, there are effects to sin. says here that he's just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Proverbs 28, 13 through 14 says this, people who conceal or hide their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. Blessed are those who fear to do wrong, but the stubborn are headed for serious trouble. So, friends, do we want to be cleansed from all sin? Do we want to have the, the grinding nasty effects of sin washed from us? Do we want to advance? Do we want to prosper? Do we want to make progress? Do we want to succeed and be profitable? And do we want mercy? Because those things I just named, those are the benefits of confessing. And so this passage doesn't flat out say be quick to confess, but when you read what the benefits of confessing are, why wouldn't we be quick to confess? Quick to confess to an awesome loving God who has our full attention, who has our best intentions at heart, who's good and only good and doesn't want us carrying the heaviness of that baggage along with us. And that is what we do if we don't confess, friends. We just carry the heaviness of sin along with us. We just carry the baggage of sin along with us. But wait, I thought Jesus died for our sins. He did. He did. And the Bible tells us that repentance was entrance into that spiritual kingdom. Repentance is what was needed to gain access. And friends, repentance is what's needed to gain advancement into his kingdom as well to keep growing to keep advancing to keep succeeding be quick to confess our sins and quick to turn from them so that doesn't mean i can i can grab ansel big ansel not little ansel i'm not a, you know my example big ansel and like slug him in the shoulder and say, Lord, I just slugged Ansel on the shoulder. He's like, yeah, no kidding. And then I slug him in the shoulder again. Lord, I just slugged Ansel on the shoulder again. He's like, oh, you're so dense. Lord, I just... And I slug him again. Lord, I just slugged him again. We have to confess our sins and then to turn from him. See, because the last two things that I've talked about, talk about the righteousness of God, the character of God, things that that put us in this place of right standing and acceptable before the Lord. Righteousness. And it requires being aware of sin, not pursuing sin, not not going after it, confessing and repenting of it. Which brings us to the third and fourth things we're to be quick to do. Be quick to repent because repentance and confession are different. They're not the same thing. They're connected. They're close. But confessing our sins and repenting are different. That's number three. And then number four, be quick with action towards God. Acts chapter 3 says this in verse 19. Now repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins might be wiped away. Once again, and just so you guys know, he's talking to the church. He's talking to Christians. He's not talking to the world. He's talking to Christians. Repent of your sins and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped away. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord and he will again send you Jesus, your appointed Messiah. Times of refreshment will come from what? From what? the Lord or what? The presence of the Lord. See, Jesus makes this promise. He says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. But when we have that filth of sin on our lives, it's it's so slimy. It's so heavy. It's so oppressive. It makes it easy for us to forget the presence of God right there with us. He says there's refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord in the midst of repenting. Repentance is awesome. Confession is awesome. We've made it something religious and very denominational and very Roman and we've thrown the baby out with the bathwater. That's a horrible phrase, by the way. What's the origin of that, Marie? Marie? I don't know. That's horrible. You guys, too many times as Christians, we allow that, that, that filth of sin to linger on our souls. And it does, it does impact us. It does weigh upon our emotions. It does weigh upon our minds. When, when we... Think about, think about a time when you've blown it and you've, you know that you have blown it. You did something and you just, you feel bad, which is great because feeling bad says that you're not a sociopath. So well done on not being a sociopath on feeling bad for sinning. That's good. Okay. But feeling bad is not repentance. Feeling bad is not confession. Feeling bad just means you're not a psychopath. So we feel bad about it. And then all of a sudden we don't just feel bad. We feel heavy. And we're beating ourselves up and we're going, you know, I, I thought I'd grown past that. I thought I was better than that. I thought I'd put all these steps in place to make sure I wouldn't do that and I did it again. I blew it. And we and we feel this heaviness. You guys, there's only one way to, to shake the effects of that heaviness. And that's to repent and to run to Jesus. Now, In the course of time, we might not feel it as bad and it might not feel as grimy, but that nasty layer of film is still there. We just get numb to it and we just move on. When God says, run to me and be refreshed, run to me and repent and turn from that and I will bring refreshing, refreshment. The fifth and sixth things that we're to be quick to do are to run away and pursue. Run away and pursue. Run away is five. Pursue is six. 2 Timothy 2.22 says this. So flee. What's another word for flee? Run away. Run away from youthful passions. What's another word for youthful? Immature. Young people, I am not trying to pick on you, but youthful, the word is immature. It means that it's not, a mature decision is not being made. And guess what? They're not just talking about teens, okay? They're, all of us making immature decisions, okay? So flee immature passions and sins and pursue, and pursue, and then there's four things. Um. This is this is really this is too good to be true. Um, so, Katie, could you stand up, please? Robert, could you stand up? Haley, could you stand up? And Harmony, could you stand up? Okay. So, somewhere over there in the closet, we're gonna we're gonna say that that, that is um, immature sin. It's youthful passions. It's things that we know better not to do but we we find ourselves in the neighborhood anyway, driving by the house of youthful, immature passions and sins. And it says, run away from that and pursue righteousness. Harmony, your righteousness. Faith, Haley. Love, love, and Katie, your peace. And it says, we are to pursue those things. The Bible's using these words of action. We're to flee that, we're to run away from that, and we're to pursue these things. Thank you, guys. You can sit down. You guys are awesome and wonderful. Thank you. And it says, we're to pursue those four things along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. We're supposed to do it together, guys. We're supposed to link arms together. We're not supposed to just pursue these things on our own. We're to pursue them with others. But not just other people. We're to pursue it with people with a pure heart who are pursuing the things of the Lord. We are to be equally yoked. We're to be equally linked in our pursuit. And we're stronger that way. If I'm going over here to make a stupid decision and I've got a brother with me, he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa! What are you doing? This is where that stupid, immature sin lives. What are you doing over here in this neighborhood? I pop in on it and say hi. No, clown, let's go over here to faith and love and peace and righteousness. Let's go together. You guys, were to be quick to run away from the obvious sins. Very rarely does sin just sneak up on us. At least, maybe it's just me. I don't know. Is it just me? For me, rarely does sin just sneak up on me. It, It starts right here long before I act it out. It starts here long before I ever do it. I just want to tell that person what I really think, what I really feel, and my emotions are completely valid. So I'm going to say what I feel. And the Holy Spirit goes, your emotions are not completely valid. You're acting childish. Keep your mouth shut. And I'm like, I'm not going to do it because it's going to feel so good when I vomit on this guy. And the Holy Spirit's going, golly gee, I, I, what I just say? Don't do it. And there's this battle that takes place right here. And then, and then if, if I don't cast out and I don't cast out that vain imagination and I don't rebuke it and I don't submit therefore to God and resist the enemy... In which case, the Bible tells me he'll flee. If I don't do that, then what do I end up doing? Here's how I feel. Blah! Huh. Now they feel grimy. Now I feel grimy. And Now the Holy Spirit's going, Man, I told you to run from it. I told you to run from it. I told you to flee. This didn't take you by surprise. We've been dialoguing in your brain for the last 10 minutes. I told you not to send that email. I told you not to... To, to do that thing. I told you not to send that text. I told you not to flip off that driver. I don't care what it is. I told you, just let him go. Just let him go. I don't care that he cut you off. Just let him go. You don't have to pass him. You don't have to pass him. Mark, you don't have to pass him. That's like the only sin that like pastors will admit to is like sins of driving. Like it, it really... Be quick to run away from the obvious sins. And be quick to dedicate ourselves to pursue righteousness, to pursue faith, to pursue love, to pursue peace, peace, and to do so with other pure-hearted, Jesus-seeking people. Number seven. It's a big one, guys. Be quick to forgive. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27 says this. Be angry and do not sin. And if we think about that, that that word angry, it's still the same word. So it's not just anger. It's have that full spectrum of emotions. Have that full spectrum of emotions. Have, but don't sin in the midst of it. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Don't let the sun go down. Guys, we don't even have half a day. We don't even have half a day with it. The Lord is saying, just don't entertain it. Just don't give it room. Just don't, don't give that poison place. Eject that poison and don't let it stew in your heart. I've got such good things for your heart. I've got righteousness and love and faith and peace. Pursue those things. But right now, you're entertaining poison and don't. Eject it before you go to bed. Eject it before you move on. Don't let it sit. Don't let it stay. Ephesians 4:32, a few verses later it says, "Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. That's the best reminder. Be quick to remember that Christ forgave me. Be quick to remember that Christ forgave you and forgive along the same lines. Jesus was on the cross. I don't know how much time. I don't know how many minutes he had left. I don't know what the time frame was. But he was on the cross. And he gave forgiveness on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. What if he just said, I'm really upset. I'll forgive this tomorrow. And then he died without that, that gift of, of giving forgiveness. We're to act quickly upon forgiveness. Forgiveness, you guys, forgiveness has nothing to do with how we're feeling. Forgiveness has to do with obedience to God. Forgiveness has nothing to do with that person being deserving of forgiveness. Forgiveness has to do with me remembering that Jesus forgave me, so I will forgive others. And forgiveness has nothing to do with trust. Because I can give forgiveness and still not extend trust. If if there's if there's a major boundary that has been breached, I still have to forgive because that's between me and God. But that doesn't mean that I extend trust. And we've confused all these things. We've confused them instead of saying, Lord, you said forgive. You didn't say forgive and then give them the opportunity to come, you know, kick me in the head again. But you said forgive. Forgive. And so I forgive. And then finally, my last one, number eight, be quick to give. Second Corinthians nine, six through seven says this. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not Reluctantly, which is unwilling and hesitant. So not hesitantly or under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver. So here's the bottom line. The longer we wait to give, the less likely we are to give. The longer we wait to give, the less likely we are. And I don't care what the scenario is. I don't care if it's when that offering plate is being passed or I don't, care if it's, you know, there's someone on the side of the street and we got a red light and we've got $3 in our wallet and we know darn well we ain't gonna buy anything good with $3. The longer we wait to give, the less likely is we'll do it. We'll talk ourselves out of it. We'll allow fear to creep in. We'll start thinking about all these other things and the devil will certainly take that opportunity, that open door to say, yeah, you can't afford to give right now. You can't afford it. Dave Ramsey says this. And um, if I can get um, Brian to come on up. Dave Ramsey says, the longer we hold on to that money, I should do it in a southern accent. I apologize. That's my bad. That's totally my bad. Take two. The longer we hold on to that money and not give it to the Lord, the more we believe that that money is ours and not God's. We are merely managers or stewards of God's money. It ain't ours the longer we hold on to it, the more we believe that money's ours. The longer we hold on to that influence or that opportunity, the more we think it's ours. When God's the giver of good gifts. Jesus said this, and please keep in mind that theme of quickly, quick to, quick to. Jesus said this in John chapter 9, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is day for night is coming when no one can work we're supposed to have the sense of urgency the sense of importunity where that there's an importance to what we're doing an urgency to what we're doing James four thirteen through 17 says come now you who say today or tomorrow we will go into such and such town by the way i love that james uses such and such that's awesome we'll go into such and such town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring what is your life for you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes instead you ought to say if the lord wills we will live and do this or that As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is a sin. You guys, more often than not, especially when it comes to grace and love and faith and righteousness, we're to do it quickly. And we all we all miss the ball on this i mean i've it 's interesting Byron, two weeks ago when he came up at the end, he sang like a dang angel man, and i 've been meeting him for two weeks to encourage him with Byron. that was phenomenal, it was so anointed. You just got up there and you sang, and it was beautiful and it was anointed, and it was awesome and Then I started thinking about byron and i 'm like you 're such an awesome musician, and you bring so much to our team. And for two weeks, i thought, boy, I really should encourage my brother with that. That would make him feel good. And I've had so many opportunities to send him a text. And I convince myself, I'll do it later. Or I'm too busy, or not now. Because I, I, I want to take time to really send him a long text. And I only have time for a, a quick little text. There's times we put off encouraging people. Why? Why couldn't we use encouragement right now? We put off praying for people. Why? Couldn't they use prayer right now? We put off pointing them to Jesus. Why? Couldn't they be strengthened with a word of of salvation from him right now? Let's be quick to respond to God. Let's be quick to respond to the good things of God. Let's let's be quick with forgiveness but also repentance let's be quick to shake off the grime of sin and run to Jesus and confess our sins so that we might be whole let's be quick with grace let's be quick with friendship let's be quick with fellowship let's be quick with laughter Let's be quick with Thanksgiving, with gratitude, with appreciation, with words of life. You know what I would love? I would love that to, to just see a, this this radical move of us saying stupid things, which we're going to say anyway. Okay, we're going to say we're already saying the stupid things. That's not the part I want to see the wave of. We're already doing that. What, what, to say you know the stupid things or the negative things or the passive aggressive things or the whatever things and then to go no 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 that's not true what I just spoke is not true I take that back Lord I what's the spiritual term for taking it back Lord because that's what I do right now I don't agree with that Lord I repent of that I don't believe that can you just forget I ever said that because God says forgotten done. East, west, boom. No no remembrance. We're going to make mistakes, but are we quick to run to the Lord? We're going to blow it. Are we quick to confess? We're going to blow it. Are we quick to repent? We're going to say nasty and negative things. Are we quick to change it, to turn it, to turn from that, to turn to Him and say, well, here's my action. I, I should have never said that, but I did and it stinks and I feel like such a bum that I said it, but I don't want to feel like a bum because you said I'm not a bum. You said I'm a child. You said I'm your child. So Lord, I, I confess I did it. I, I thank you that I feel bad and that means I'm not a sociopath, but Lord, I confess that I did it. And Lord, would you just take the heaviness of it from me? And He does and he does and it's refreshing and it's merciful and it's all these wonderful things